Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Episode 75 of the Talk and Power podcast, and uh, we're kicking this one off. We have two special guests with us on this episode. We've got winner of the Atlantic Oils uh, East Coast Thunder in pro stock, Jason Hedges, and his uh, crew chief and engine builder, Danny Silver. Thanks for joining us, guys. No, thank you very much. Ah, no dramas. Hey, look, we'll we'll get started. We'll, we'll talk about the Atlantic Oils uh, East Coast Thunder. What an amazing event! And congratulations, Jason. It's your your first win in pro stock. Yes, mate. We've had a few bridesmaids over the ten years I've competed in this class. In saying that, I've had a probably out of the ten years, I've probably only raced six. We had a couple of years off, mm. and my choice, and one year off, not our choice when we hurt hurt this motor. But you know, thank goodness, Danny contacted me and said. I'll help you put it back together, and you know this was our really our first real hit of a race meeting since Danny put it together, and we come away with a goal. So fantastic result for the team's AHR. It, it is an awesome effort, and I know you've um, run it up four times, but this was. This was a, an amazing win, and I, look, I'm, to be honest with you, I, I wasn't able to get over there and watch it, but I have watched all the qualifying and all the racing, and I'll I'll just set the scene for our listeners. So, let's be honest, in Q3, you still weren't in the field, so you were you were sitting in ninth. Correct me if I'm wrong, in, as you're going into Q3. Yes, yeah, I'm laughing as you say that because here I was from Thursday when I set up when all the boys started arriving, and I said, look. There's no way we're not missing here. We need to be here on race day. And then come after Q2, and I was giving the boys six, saying, you know, we're, we're not going to be the ones packing up on Friday night. And and it was sort of a silence across, and I, I didn't want to open the mouth again because here we were. We were sitting in nine. And it's like, you know, wow, you know, all my nightmares have come true. And, <laughs> but um, we, we discovered something that we were missing on the car, which is always with these crazy pro-stop cars and, and the heat and the track. Everything changes so Hmm. Damn, we were lucky to come away with that. I think we were first pair out. Is that right, Danny? Yeah. We were yeah. first pair out. So, yeah, we did a nice big, fat, juicy burnout. And then and um, she went down, she went straight. And I think, yeah, so that, that was that was the monkey off the back. And I think that set the scene that, you know, hey, we can get better from here. Yeah, I mean, from ninth, you jumped into fourth. You went an 031 on that on that Q3. So you were well and truly entrenched in the top half of the field. Now, that's the other thing I want to just touch on before we get too far into the event. It was a 13 car, thirteen pro-stock cars turned up, am I correct? There was 13 nominated. Um, I think Daryl Stephen and his two, his two Mustangs, just, they just weren't ready. He was oh, okay. hoping to have them there, so he pre-entered, hoping he could do it, but just that you know that his moons didn't line up. And I think we went into the day with nine. Was yeah. it nine, Dan? Nine, I think yeah, it was nine. I think nine. Yeah, and then... And then um, you know, Clint George, God love him. You know, we were so happy for him to come out, and we used to give it to Clint, come up the pro stop, come up the pro stop. He finally did, and, mm. and then you know, the poor thing had that incident in the braking yeah. area, and, and um, yeah, so but yeah, it ended up being nine. So we we were still the the largest field for the the pro series categories, which was good. But um, you know, there's, there's 25 pro stop cars I can count that are in sheds that could come out and run, yeah, and run well. So there's there's still a lot of cars out there. So 
he's hoping that the, the sport turns around and we see more cars on the track. Sure, sure. Hey, look, well, let's just go through it. Round one, you came up against Nino Cavallo. Um, it, that, that was a great win. I mean, you, you got him on the tree and down the track. I, I think he had some issues by the look of it. Would I be correct in saying that? Yeah, he did, he did have some issues. Yeah, I think he also hurt his motor in testing on the Wednesday too. But only, only when I say hurt, he didn't hurt it that bad. But, mm. but I think they did have some engine problems. And, and hey, look, you know, I'll be honest, we those, that that was a bad run for us too. I, I think I said yeah. on the TV, I would have usually abort that run. The car was rattling its brains out. The tacker was facing the roof. It was vibrating that hard. So it was a pretty bad run. But we, I think we ran an 18 then. Was it 7, 18? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so something like that. So we, we got the win and... And hey, you know, they say it's pro stock. You got to be there. Anything can happen on race day. And someone else said that to me in the pitch. Wayne Daly actually called me out on it yeah. on the on the Friday night. We talked. I said, "Well done on your top qualifying." He said, "Jason, you've always said it to me. Anything can happen on race day." And I don't always believe that too. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of the man himself, Wayne Daly, you had him in the semi. Um, so he was top qualifier um, at, at that, obviously. And um, you know, you had him in in the semi and. He had some pretty bad tyre shape, but you you looked to get down the track pretty good on that one. We were tight, We were in shape too. If you watch the TV, it was I was rattling because I was on the head on the earphones for Danny as I went full to shoot. So I said, "Man, it was again another bad pass for us. It was rattling. It wasn't as bad as Wayne, but it was tyre shake." And so and I think Wayne had a couple of tyre shake moments in qualifying too. So obviously, what we you know Wayne was doing, I was, and we just we weren't reading the track yeah. the way we should be. So we were missing it. So, but. Hey, again, we got through that one. We we both missed it, but I got it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. The the one, I mean, the final was pretty epic, and you know, you've come up against your. I mean, I I I'll probably call him, I guess, a bit of a protege for you. I guess he got you, the Tremaines got you into pro stock, so you've come up against Aaron in the final, and and what a race that was i mean i think the margin of victory was four one thousands yeah it's crazy so, you know what i mean yeah i have raced down uh, two finals now mm. yeah finals and and, and brides made him two times before so and to be honest i when i rolled in the water box i was waiting and i was waiting for the fire up signal mm. and usually and I'm, I'm a pretty nervous guy like I'm pretty casual in the pitch, but until I get in the car, I, I, until I've done the burnout and I'm backing up, I'm sort of pretty nervous. And, and I was sitting in there and I was talking to myself in the helmet and I, and I was really, really calm. And I, and I wasn't, and I actually said to myself out loud, you're not even nervous this time. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw this huge bloody moth sitting on the dash and it started flying around the inside of the car. <laughs> and I'm watching this moth and I'm all harnessed up and I can't, I can only reach so far and I'm swearing and cursing. You better not get in the way when I'm driving. And we haven't fired the car up yet. And I think that took my heart. And then I saw the IHRA go point at me as I'm trying to kill this moth. And then I fired the car up. So I got into that burnout and into that race with absolutely not racing on my mind. So that little moth was probably a good thing for me. Well, not little. It's pretty damn big, actually. <laughs> yeah, Danny, you'll have to get, Danny, you'll have to get a couple of moths for the next, for the next round. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, look, as I said, that, that race was awesome. I mean, um, you know, you ran an... 013 in that one there to his 70, 07, 076. Mile an hour was fairly close, but um, you know, you obviously you, you reeled him back in because I think he might have got you slightly on the tree, but yeah, you, you reeled him back in and um, well, it was a great race anyway. 
So look, just to cover off there, you've you've now got an 18-point lead in the championship over over Aaron. So your next round is the fourth of fourth of January. You're probably preparing for that. Would I be correct? Absolutely, Danny's here right now. He's driven up from Shepparton to buy his shop here at Wilberforce, and that's what we're doing this weekend. We're we're getting the car serviced and ready to go, and Danny's going to go through some stuff on the engine, and I'll get the clutch ready, and and we we plan to go up there, and you know it's the all run format, so. Mm. Two, fast, two fastest winners on the day go to the final, so there'll be nothing left on the table. We're going to make sure that when we drop the clutch up there, that we're, we're, we're leaving nothing behind because it's going to be tough and we've got to run quick and fast in this. And it's going to be and there'll be no short of, you know, horrendous hot conditions up there and humid. So mm. regardless, the cars don't make power. I mean, that doesn't really bother me because everyone's in the same boat. It's, it's how the track handles the heat and the greasiness. That's when you've got to tune the car to make sure you can you can get down and get down clean and fast. So I like the all-run format because, yeah, it's actually, uh, to me, it's a little bit more intense than the elimination format. Well, you know, I was just about to ask you that, Jason, and, and yourself, Danny, as well. Like, what? You, so your thoughts on the all-run, you use prefer that? Yeah, I do. I, I, I prefer it. I take my, my, my race hat off as a fan perspective. It's good they get to see all the cars going down. Mm. I mean, when it first came out, it was a little bit confusing that the winners just keep turning up, but... I think in the, the way our sport is right now, and to put on the one-day show, it's like one-day cricket. They want to get in, get out, and see a fantastic event. So, yeah. And and for us drivers and tuners, it's good too because if you know you got knocked out and you think, damn, I should have put a bit more counterweight or base on that clutch, you can actually go back around and go back out for another hit and, and make that change again. Yeah. You don't have to put in the trailer and drive all the way home. So I think I think right now it's it's, it's a really good thing. Um, but yeah, I actually prefer it. I, I don't know. I. I'm a little bit more relaxed in it, in, mm-hmm. in, in driving the car, but it's also, it's a bit harder on the tuner. So the pressure is going to be on Danny here. We've got to make sure the car's right every pass because we've got to, we've got to be quick every pass. Now he's winning with a 7.30, and the guy on the line, the lane next year, wins his next race with a 7.04. He's going to go through your night. Yeah. Even you got the win. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no. No, that's fair enough. But, for that time of year, too, is probably better for that format, too, because you've only got one day of racing instead of being there for two or three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so if they, you know, your fans come out for one day rather than, you know, having to come out for two or, two or three days, so you probably get more of a crowd there like that as well. I must say, we've been doing the podcast for a couple of years and we've been watching the crowds. Well, we, we don't get over to the 400 Thunder events at Willow Bank or Sydney, but I've been looking at the crowds and there's a certain, it appears from the, the, the where we're watching it from, it appears as though the crowd numbers are better at the one-day events. Yeah, they are, 100%. They're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're growing. I mean, this same event last year, I think to this year, that we were, it was up again, it grew again. So mm. um, I think that, unfortunately, that's what the society's done. They want to get in, get out, get things done fast, and it's, and it's to put on a show. If we can do it all in about six or seven hours on one day, I think hmm. that's the way drag racing has to be, and that's just the way the human beings like their stuff these days. That too. Yeah, yeah. No, that's and that's uh, yeah. Cricket's a testament to that, isn't it? So, what we've yeah. seen happen in the cricket world with T Twenty is is certainly testament to that. And I I agree. I've been we've been having this discussion on and off, and there's there's definitely an argument. Even over here in Perth, we've seen we've seen huge crowds at the Outlaw Nitro Funny Car event. That might be for different reasons, but the reality is that's a one day event, and and uh, we're getting huge numbers there.
there. Um, Western nationals, we're just not getting those those numbers anymore. But there may be different reasons for that as well. Anyway, look, I mean, yeah. So the round, you guys are only doing four four of the six rounds. So your next round is actually the fourth of January at Willowbank. Then you're dead back in Sydney again for the Gulf Western Oil Nitro Thunder. That's on the second of May. So you got a bit of a gap there, and then you finish up back in uh, Willowbank for the Winter Nationals, the Gulf Western. Uh, winter nationals so it's it's i know it's only four events but still that's a lot of work isn't it yeah it is i mean these cars are not easy but the the, the break that we're going to have from january to may and, and me and danny's already discussed this we'll, we will be testing in probably late february and early april we'll go out again we'll go to sydney and we'll put some more hits we've got some other things we want to try so okay. um that'll keep that'll keep me in the seat because i, I know that I've had these sort of calendars before and there's a big big gap and then if you just leave it to you, fire the car up and pull in the water box again, you know, it's, we don't race them enough. So I want to make sure that I'm doing my job in the car because I, I do not want to let Danny and the team down. If I make a silly mistake, miss miss a couple of gears or, mm. you know, that's no good. All their hard work will just be, you know, destroyed by my laziness. So I'm just going to make sure I'm sharp. So Danny wants to try a couple extra things. I want to get out there and and um, keep, you know, my, my mind and my shift points and everything right. So we'll do our testing. So we'll, have, we'll probably have our extra couple of race meets in between. We'll have more from Jason Hedges and Danny Silver right after this short break. Okay, let's get back into the interview with Jason Hedges and Danny Selva. Well, Danny, look, speaking, Danny and I, we met oh, a few couple of years ago when he came over to Perth and crewed on um, uh, Frank's car and, and his brother Anthony was driving. And I, I actually wrote down here in my notes, what, what, is, what are some of the things you, you guys do between rounds? And I've written here, clutch, 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 clutch. Lash rockers, is it? I'm amazed to still by the amount of work that goes into. Well, that was a B gas car that we were crewing on. Your car is yeah. probably times three. Would I be saying that? Would that would that be correct, um, Danny? No, not necessarily. I mean, it's similar similar deal between rounds and stuff like that. Because they're both you know like high RPM motors and you know both got the five speed liberty, so you still would catch your um your discs and stuff like that. So yeah, they're mm. probably really similar in, in what you have to do. Um, so, yeah, just one's a little bit smaller cube, but yeah. Yeah, but one of the things that people don't understand is that um, between rounds, you, you, when you say you're changing the, the clutch, it's it's not a it's not a five minute job. The floor of the car's got to come out. You drop in the tail shaft, the loop or the shield, yeah. and slide in the yeah. gearbox back, and then you're actually cutting discs as well. Like that's it's it's an it's it's a big job in between rounds. I don't know how you guys do it. Yeah, that's right. Like, yeah, and once you got those discs out and cut them, and you got to get them back in, and then you got to zero it all up on the gauge to to get it spot on and stuff mm. like that. Um, and then, you know, obviously you you got to look at your data and make a call whether you know you're going to change your counterweight or and or change your base settings as well. So, um, you know, there's extra work there. And then obviously, yeah, you've got to put it all all back together. And then once it's back together, you got to set your light and set the switch and everything on the clutch mm-hmm. pedal. So. Yeah, so there's a lot of work, you know, in, in that clutch, and you know, there's obviously a, a lot in it on the racetrack as well in that clutch. So yeah, yeah. So for our listeners that don't really know what a pro stock car is, can you just run through um, 
the essence of a of a of a pro stock car. Yeah, so you know, pretty much it's a full full race chassis car. Mm-hmm. Um, what we run is like uh, what they call a spec body. Yep. Um, we run four hundred cubic inch motor, naturally aspirated. Mm-hmm. Um, this year we've gone to unleaded fuels um, yep. because of the rules. Um, and to give you a bit of an idea. These things rev to about ten thousand five hundred RPM. Yep. Um, in the car, and they make around you know eleven hundred and fifty horsepower somewhere around there. Yep. Uh, they have a, a five-speed clutchless manual transmission. So what that is is you you, know, you you use the clutch of the star line. So once you let go of the clutch, you just punch the gears, so you don't have to touch the clutch pedal again. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and, and like. We were saying before, every round you have to do maintenance on that clutch uh, and on the engine, obviously, because of the RPM. We, we check spring pressures, check the valve lash, so they are hard on springs. Yeah. That's um, uh, one of the main things you have to, to do. So, yeah. yeah, as far as the rear end, that sort of all stays in there together, unless you, you know, you obviously you can gear them differently if you've got worse air. Yeah. Some days than others, you know, you can gear them up to suit the conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you've got multi settings in your in your rear end that you can change as well, plus shockers and stuff like that. So, yeah. yeah. Can, can I just ask Danny or Jason, whoever wants to answer this question, the change to unleaded this year was did that throw up more challenges that weren't than what you anticipated? Yeah. Look, I thought I was getting ahead of the game. We knew it was coming. It's been threatened in our sport, or in well, not just the sport, the country's been. It's a, it's a lead band across everything, motocross, mm. speedway, we knew it was coming, so we we got we sort of were trying to get ahead of the curveball, but look, after we had this, the deal go bad on the motor that we were trying to get ahead, and Benny grabbed it all and we put it together, it's, it's not just a matter of just, oh, we'll just put it all back together and pour the fuel in, so credit to Danny, since I've known him, he's Mr. Pedantic, everything has to be right, checked 50 times, which yeah. which is a good and bad thing, because I just want to get, thing, get things happening and make things fast, and Danny's my balance, but he says, no, slow down, we'll check this. But when we had that motor apart, the, the amount of different things that Danny sent off to different specialists in their field to cope with this unleaded fuel change, I, I was I was in awe of that, which is, you know, I'm no engine guy, but, you know, Danny was sort of educating me as he was sending it away and then when he was putting it back together. So I got to see the inside of this bad boy and what, what Danny decided he wanted to do to the motor and all its components to cope with the unleaded. Yeah. And, but yeah, there's a fair bit, and um, and it all went back together, and it's and you know, touch wood, it's been fantastic. It, we've put probably now maybe 20 hits on it, I think, with yeah, testing. Four times of fuel, so and um, the leak down's perfect. The, the valve springs are just happy as uh, what Danny's put together is a a real happy motor. Mm. If we've got a happy motor, we can keep going rounds, and yeah, so yeah, yeah the unleaded fuel thing coping really really well and Danny's still not leaning on the, the tune up too much he, we're still playing with the car mm-hmm. and we'll leave later to the end if we want to start leaning on it but no really happy with the, the way it's, it's handled the unleaded and um, I'm just hoping that all the other competitors uh, experience the same success because we'd hate to see people hurting their motors yeah. by not doing their homework properly yeah no, fair enough yeah. guys also tell us the, the removal of it was 25 kilos is that was that correct did, did you take advantage of that as well were you able to get that that sort of small weight out of the car we did but we we, we actually tested in the off season at full weight because i had it in my head i wanted to test because i dropped the season we were testing and when we went seven double oh one ninety three 
testing. That was at 23.15, so we thought we'd, we'd get that happy. And then, then we took the, the weight out for the last test we did, and, and it sort of the car went backwards a little bit, but that was due to some other changes. But yeah. I haven't seen... I personally, or you know, Danny, Danny reassures me the car will run quicker, but we haven't seen that yet. But we're still not on top of our our stuff. But um, everyone, you know, we took 50 pounds out, 25 kilo. So, mm. um, so I reckon all cars are capable of running the sixes in good air anyway. So um, yeah, okay. we'll, we'll soon find out at the nitros anyway. But the yeah. car, as for 50 pounds, it's, the car still drives nice. It's still safe. It's still stable. I think the rule was we had to have a thousand and sixty kilos over the rear end of the car so yeah, pounds sorry yeah, so, yeah. So, everyone, so we're keeping the car safe so. yeah okay yeah. yeah Jason just tell us the other thing as well is like what a lot of people don't understand is you're you're it's a five-speed uh, transmission you're into top gear in less than four seconds can, can you just tell us like I mean and and you have to be within dare I say about 50 rpm of each of each gear you, there's a window of 50 rpm is that correct so the window can be bigger, but not too much bigger. But mm. if if you keep it within 50, you're gonna you're gonna make sure that you get the best out of that car going straight down the track. And and that's, I've always said that you can have all the power in the world. If you can't drive these cars right, mm. I mean, yeah, you you know, there's a lot a lot of fast cars out there, but you have to shift them correctly. And yeah, so we're in we're in we're going north to 100 and 0.9 of a second, north north 100 kilometres. And that's usually when our first shift comes on. And then yeah, I think we're we're in top gear in 3.8 seconds. So we've got rid of all those four gear changes in 3.8 seconds and then yeah. you know we, by then we're, we're spot on at half track usually and yeah so there's a lot happening in that first 3.8 seconds from when you leave and that's what yeah. a lot of people probably don't understand they probably think you've got both hands on the wheel but you got that other hand is on is you're changing gears you don't you, you don't get your hand back to the wheel do you it's it's on the gear gear lever the whole time for that first four seconds yeah it is and, and mm. that's where you want to make sure your car's nice and straight and easy to drive because you don't want to be working that steering wheel or and you can't take your hand off the gear shift so mm. yeah until she's in top gear so it, you know there's a lot of onboard footage out there and it looks doesn't look too hectic but trust me when you're in there and and you see those ambers flash and you've let that clutch out it all happens pretty damn quick yeah yeah no i can i can imagine well i, I can only imagine um jason one of the things i like talking about a personal interest to me is branding in in drag racing i've always been interested in the branding and like we we talk branding and i i think you know um like Southside Engine Centre, we think John Zapier. Lucas Oil, we think Gary Phillips. Deco Glaze, we think Jason Hedges. The link between drag racing and um, splashbacks has that has that helped the business or enhanced your branding of that business? Yeah, well, it did. I mean, uh, the, I've, I've actually sold the business now. I've, I've oh, sort okay. Of moved that. On. It's been twenty years. I did my twenty years of hard slog, but but when we had it on the car, I was I was blown away. My guys, we had about forty guys, and they'd be on building sites in the city CBD and project managers, plumbers and tilers walking up and say, you know, wow, we've seen that Dago Glaze car, the Pontiac and this and that. So it was out there. It was out there in the, the people that needed to see it, they were seeing it. So, yeah, I mean, the TV footage we receive is amazing. The exposure you get mm. as a brand out there is, is, is amazing. The reruns on Foxtel and, and, and the like and SBSB Week. So, you know, you can't sort of pay for that sort of money. If you're trying to buy TV time for that, it's... You'd be up to like the hundreds of thousands of dollars. So the branding on these race cars is, is to me, it's a no-brainer. And, yeah. and uh, as you just said, you know, you become synonymous with drivers. They know who they are and who their brand is. And, and it brought a lot of income to our business. Brand awareness, yes. But then 
and as we all know, business is about relationships. It doesn't yeah. matter how close the marketing is. And once that relationship has been open with the boys and, you know, and our customers and who they were, and then yeah, it just rolled on from there. And, you know, we'd invite them to come out to the racetrack too and see it firsthand and, mm. and get involved with the car and come to the start line. And, yeah, it's about relationships. So, yeah. yeah. And at the moment, we don't have anyone on our car at the moment. So I, I did notice that. I did notice that the the deco glaze um, was was substantially smaller on the car this time around. I noticed it was just a little sticker on the front, I think, from from memory. Um, it also goes to to say, even like the SRP brand as well, um, Danny, your brand as well is synonymous, is tied to you. I mean, I see the SRP and I think I think of of you guys. Um, straight away so i think branding is is a huge thing in drag racing and i I don't think a lot of companies outside of the ones where where that are involved in drag racing actually understand that or 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 believe in that hey jason tell us a little bit about paul foley he's the man that you claim got you into racing can you tell us a bit about their sort of um his guidance and direction back in the day yeah well what that was i grew up in a little cul-de-sac street and um he, he lived down the bottom of our street. And then, uh, you know, I, I was there from the age of three till 23. And, and we used to hear the thing start up, his old Ford Anglia. And then, you know, his, his son was down there and we'd knock him out in the street. And then he started taking us up. I think we went to Canberra. We went to um, Oran Park. I never went to Castle Ray with him, but, you know, go and watch what he was doing. And then by the time I turned 16, I, I started an apprenticeship as a shop for the detail joiner. Mm. And Paul Foley was a shop for the detail joiner at... A subsidiary business, so he used to drive me to work every day before I had my license. So yeah, that's okay. where that sort of sparked off. So you know, we go to work together every day, and so yeah, so it was just really cool having a real cool old hot rod in the street. You know, any any car that starts off with no muffles on it down in a, in a little cul-de-sac street, you're pretty sure to find it pretty quick. So. <laughs> now that's a, that was that his 48 Anglia. Is that is that the car? Correct. That, yeah. Okay. Yeah, correct. Yeah, old hombre. Yeah, so he still got it. <laughs> yeah, he still got it. Yeah. No, fair enough. No, that's great. Now tell us and your he first. Was there. He called. He called through on the weekend. He came on, came through early on Saturday morning and said hello. And I and I was having a chat. And then actually, after we won, he'd come back to He spoke to Danny, but I wasn't there. I was off doing something, and I missed him. But I'll catch up with him again. Every every other meet, he always comes down and says hello. So yeah, I'll catch up with him next time. No, that's awesome. We'll have more from Jason Hedges and Danny Silva right after this short break. Okay, let's get back into the interview with Jason Hedges and Danny Selva. Hey, and tell, the first car you had down the track was an. Is am I right in saying it was an XY GT? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, gold XY. It's here in the garage. Yeah, I used to run. Oh, you still got it. Yeah. yeah, still got it. Um, I used to drive it to work to Daniel Glaze and put the slicks in the boot and the jack, and then on a Wednesday night just drive, get the you know have the cranks at work all day stressed and go drive to the track and do a few passes and drive it home, and then and then I started doing a couple of. You know, national events, and actually, mm. I, I won an I won an Atura around it, um, Sydney Dragway, my first win actually. And it was I went, I think I went seven rounds to get there, and I went there by myself. It was a hot summer, November, I think it was, and and I, I drove I drove it home with the plaque on the back seat. <laughs> that was yeah, the first okay. taste I had of winning. Yeah, winning. Yeah, and I was racing all sorts of guys. And now I think I raced Jeff Hislop and Terry mm. Aglin and his old coupe thing, and it was crazy, Dave. But yeah. So yeah, I've still got the old Falcon still sitting here. It's a street register car. Back in the day, it was only a two V Cleveland. It still is a, you know, steel headed two V, and it was the quickest two V full body um, car in the country. I was told. So, do, 
Did you know I hear you say ten? Did you? There was that ten fifty. Jeez, that's that's ten fifty. That's one twenty-seven. Yeah, back in two thousand and three. That's pretty yeah, stout. That's, that's stout now. Weight thirty-eight, 30, three thousand eight hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that, that is awesome. Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. I reckon, and I and I reckon I could drive it to Willowbank tomorrow. It doesn't get hot. I could just get in there and just drive it up there if I had to. We had Harry Haig on in the other episode, and uh, you know some of the. I mean, obviously they, those guys are going uh, are pretty quick there, or turbo those guys. But that ten fifty, that's a, that's incredible. That is incredible. That's all. Yeah, that's... it was perfectly set up. The car was just everything was happy. Transmission, this years. I actually got it was the guys from Perth. I don't know. They sent me one of the first set of cow tracks, mm. and I put it on the leaf. It's a leaf spring Falcon. It's only mini tubs, and yeah, I used one of the first set of cow tracks too. And, it picks the front wheels up when it leaves off the foot brake. No trans brake, just off the foot brake. So, yeah, no, it's a good old girl. And, and uh, that was the first car you ran VC racing fuel in. That's exactly and right. There you go. I was one of the guys, first guys to run the VC 109 unleaded back in 2004. Wow. When the fuel came out, because we were running 11.1s, 11 zeros, and then we, we made that, we got that fuel come out, and I went out to the track. I think I put, I think it was the cow tracks and the, the VC 109, and went bang, 1050. That's so incredible. That was it. Yeah, so we were. Yeah, we we still. I've always run VP fuels and Paul and John Agazzi. Yeah, they they still remember. I was the first guy to. I had a forty-four gallon drum of that one hundred nine sitting in my shed after it went ten fifty. Don't worry about that. So yeah, <laughs> I, I could run a whole season on that. <laughs> That's that's amazing. That is, uh, I, I didn't think you still had it. So that's incredible. That is uh, a, a great story. I love hearing stories about the old X. I mean, I've got an XW myself, but mine's just a six cylinder. But um, I love hearing like these. Um, 2V and 4V XYs and XWs getting out there and running numbers. That's that's incredible. 1050 for back back then. That's still, as I said, still stout now. Hey Jason, also just like I mean, while we're talking about your your, your past as well, just tell us a little bit about you did get, you got over to the US not that long ago. Um, can you tell us a bit about that? You went to the Z Max, is that correct? The four wide. Oh yeah, I I, I always had a goal. I, I mean. It, an old mentor of mine said to me when I started my business, he said, write down 10 goals, seven mm. for the business, three, three for you. And one of them was if I ever got married, never had a family, I'd, I'd love to go to the States and travel the Midwest for you know three months and, and just have a look over there. So we, we achieved that goal in 2016 and parked up at the four white at ZMAX. And, and um, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. Had the motor home and stayed in the pits and, yeah. and, and watched the show. It was fantastic, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Danny, just tell us a little bit about the business as well. Things going well for you. Any any special projects that you're working on at the moment? Um, yeah, I've been... My son, he's 16 now, so oh, wow. he's pretty keen. So, so yeah, I've got um, my old street-driven car, just a, a FG, um, G6E, has done probably 310,000, so I'll try and pull it off the road. Yep. It's getting a bit tired. So we decided, you know, we'll slowly start building that into a race car. So, mm. um, so yeah, we've just been tinkering away with that and hopefully, you know, we might bring that out maybe next year or the year after. We're going to run that in uh, Superstock. So, yep. um, so yeah, so that should be that should be fun. So okay. when he's old, Jace might jump in and race for a little bit until my young bloke's old enough yep. to, to have a stick. So... Yep. I might have a little crack as well, but I'm not, you know, I'm not really a driver. I, I sort of, my passion is more with making the, the cars go fast, you know, mm. like that's, that's where I get my buzz. 
It looks like pro stock is, you know, is is going from strength to strength at the moment. Um, we're, you know, probably losing a couple of cars here and there. And in, in pro slammer, we've dropped a couple of cars. But it's great to hear that, you know, in in pro stock, the number, the car potentially we're looking at 13, 14 cars being in the in the series by the end of well midway through the series i would assume the two mustangs will be ready for the next the mm. next event as well and it's great yeah. it's a great story i've always loved pro stock myself personally yeah and yep. i know when they came to western australia a few years ago the crowd was a very good crowd they had down mm. at the track that night and it's it is it's um i think a lot of people probably struggle to I don't not understand it, but they don't understand the finessing that is required in a pro stock car, yeah. and and the setup yeah. is is phenomenal. But the, the racing is is close, and it's great. So no, hats off yeah. to you guys and well, what you've done. I think it's amazing. Yeah. Thank you very much, mate. Yeah. Hey, look, guys. I know I know you should probably get a, get back to maintenance and get back to working on on the car. So look, I won't ke- I won't keep you any longer. I really appreciate it, and. Um, Look, where can we find you guys? So, Facebook page or a website that you can point our listeners to? We don't. I don't have a website, um, but my personal page is there, and then Danny's page. But we don't. We haven't. You know, we're the sort of humble guys. We we probably should be doing something about that. But um, I tell you what, if we come home with the goal in January, you have to call us back up again, and we guarantee you will have a website and a, and a JSO race. <laughs> well, that's the deal. That sounds good. Now that's uh, that sounds. I will. I'll be. I will definitely be calling. And I also need to thank also Frank as well. Frank um, Selva, yeah. my my neighbour, Frank. yeah, Frankie, who's over in Paris at the moment. Um, thank yeah. him for for teeing this. Oh, well, he he actually gave us your details. I I didn't actually have your details anymore, Danny. So I, I yeah. must thank. Thank Frank for that as well. And, um, yeah, we really appreciate your time, guys. And uh, all the best for the 4th of January. And I hope to be talking to you straight after that. To your support, mate. Much appreciated. We'll be in touch. No worries. All right. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Thanks, mate. No worries. Okay, see you, guys. Take care. All the best. Okay, that was Jason Hedges and Danny Silva. And it was great to have them on the podcast. We really appreciated their time. Um, those guys on their winning ways and uh, it's good to see you know after four Jason has appeared in four finals and never won so his fifth final uh, he finally got the the monkey off his back I don't think it was a monkey on his back but that's just the figure of speech that I'm going to use but it was great for him to win and um, as I said the, the real telling part of that story was that that meet there he was actually the ninth spot in coming into Q3 and uh he needed to get in the field. He still wasn't in the field. So he, he managed to jump into the fourth spot and get lane choice for round one. And um, the rest is history. So took on some pretty some pretty big hitters there in that in that event. So ran, well done. Ran some big numbers too. He did, yeah. Big numbers. Yeah, you know, now, credit credit to uh, Salva and the engine program. Yeah, Danny's, Danny's on top of that. And uh, really an unassuming sort of fellow, Danny. I've met him personally. Um... I've uh, actually crewed with him and his brother as well uh, when I was crewing with Frank and uh, really 
really lovely gentlemen they were and uh yeah no it was quite a good experience anyway those guys they'll be racing again at the new year thunder at willow bank on the 4th of january looking forward to that that will be top fuel pro alcohol pro stock pro stock bike top bike and plus all the sportsman categories as well and so that's scheduled for the 4th of january which coincidentally is the same day as the aeroflow nitro outlaw funny car mate here in perth not that the two conflict really but anyway that's um interesting to know so that'll be happening as well you guys heading over to the aeroflow event maybe no i'll be there oh well, there you go depends whether it's 45 degrees or not yeah it's <laughs> melting your face off yes yeah. i won't be going anywhere today <laughs> it, it's a good it's it's a forecast is 42 for all of you listening that's that's yeah. right it's a it's an extremely warm saturday out there in radio world yeah. cruising through the brook just hot damn hot <laughs> it is a day to be staying that's what we're calling it now by the way nick the brook are we yeah i wasn't aware of that not alan brook anymore okay, it's just, just the, the brook, brook. Okay. All right. patent or you know eventually get... it'll be the ook <laughs> and then it'll just be k <laughs> Or maybe L. So, <laughs> catch on the L. <laughs> so, yeah, look, Ed, that's... C-U and L. Yeah. C-U and L. B. Maybe we should start a pub. <laughs> the L. Because that sounds cool. It does. The it Brook. is a good idea. Haven't they got a pub? Oh, C-U at the Brook. I'm pretty sure there's a remote there yeah, called the Brook. I think there is. Is there? there yeah, is, yeah, really? I think someone's beaten us to that one. Wow. Yeah. We should get him to sponsor us. We just gave him a plug for free. Yeah, no, <laughs> we just gave him a plug. For, there is one called the Brook, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure, yeah. It's an awesome name. It is. Pretty sure I had dinner there at Targa, but anyway, I can't, I can't recall that far back. There you go. Did Targa go past the Brook? Yes. Well, great. Sounds like a navigational challenge. Dragging across the road, but close enough. 50 metres, the Brook. <laughs> pull in, pull in. Double shot. <laughs> Speaking of, bo- uh, sorry to change subjects so quickly, but the Roundhouse in Northland's closed today. Sad, sad day. For all us Belcatta people. Wow. Northlands. Yeah, you know the roundhouse on top of the corner there. Yeah, the corner of um, Amelia, and Main. Amelia and Main Street. Closed today. Sad day for Belcatta residents. What's the roundhouse? It was a tavern. I used to go there. Not often, but I, obviously yeah. not often enough. Oh, where uh, Rossetti's used to be. No, no, one, no, one intersection down. So you keep going down Amelia oh, Street. Oh, the pub. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The one that's raised off the, mm. the road. Closed today. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And had horrible square windows last time I was there. Mm. Yeah. Round house with square windows. Yeah. Mm. But like with your really weird square windows. Anyway. Yeah, close today. That's um. Why do you know? Because they had a bottle shop as well. Yeah, didn't yeah. I, can, I will tell you off air. I can't tell you on air. It's not oh, appropriate. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I'll tell you off air. There you I go. do know the story. Bit of a scandal. I believe Nick, it is. Yeah. Nick's, yeah. Nick's cool. been doing some a conspiracy. Uh, it's not really. It's oh. just um, journalistic uh, uncovery work. Yeah, but I'll tell you off air. Pushing, pushing the beat on the cover, you know. It's a sad day for all us bell Why don't yeah. you run for me? No. No? no, I wouldn't run. No, no. Too busy. No, no too legit. <laughs> too honest. <laughs> <laughs> too honest. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. So if that's the case, I should probably run. Yeah, <laughs> gone for go. No, it's not for me. It's not my cup of tea. Anyway. <laughs> All right, look, hey, we'll take a short break and we'll be back here with wrap up of Formula One.
welcome back to episode 75 of the Talk and Power podcast. Here with co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini and Todd Brinkworth, and I'm Nick DeChumbry, transmitting on 88.5 FM as well, and podcasting through all your podcast channels. Now, Formula One finished in Abu Dhabi. Um, did you guys catch the race at all? Or? No. No. It's going to be a short segment. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Look, I just want to touch base in qualifying, in the lead-up to qualifying, Charles Leclerc uh, was pinged for having a discrepancy in the fuel level that they reported as to what they'll be starting the race with and as opposed to what was actually in the car. So it was a difference of 4.88 kilos. Now, I don't really give a stuff like at the end of the day this is a stupid rule and i'll tell you why it's a stupid rule in formula one <laughs> sure sure be, about that <laughs> the rule should be simple no refueling well you can mandate that pretty easily they don't refuel during the race yep have another rule you got to bring back a leader at the end of the race yeah their own leader of fuel, or can they borrow from a friend no, in the car has to be a few a liter of fuel left. Can they for testing? Can they bring a siphon hose with them? Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, a milk container. <laughs> milk container. Here you go, boys. Here's a liter. Does it have to be fuel? Can it be coolant? Yeah. No, fuel. <laughs> my, my point we're is, we're talking this. about fuel. You know, he's he's you worried know. about fuel levels. Yeah. But why why are we getting caught up? Who gives a stuff how much the car goes out? Nick. As Nick. long as there's you don't fuel up during the race. Nick. And you come back for as long leader. as you're paying people twenty million dollars to drive a car where they basically have to hold their right foot flat and not do much else. Right? Does it really matter? This the, is the a sport rule. Formula One, V eight supercars, all these modern sports are all rubbish. Wait because get into the there's, there is no <laughs> there is no uh, I- incentive for innovation. You know, they go, you come up with something new and it works and you run fast and it's like, oh, let's ban it. Let's ban it. And then the stuff that they've got on the cars, they can't control anyway. Mm. I mean, for all we know, they could be, you know, there was this big deal with Ricardo's car about the, the uh, brake bias, yeah. right? For all we know, these things could be shifted by themselves. They could be turning the steering wheel by themselves. Guys could be just there holding their hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please turn, please turn, please turn. Yeah. Please break, please break, please break. Well, you know, you've got seven-point jigs figuring out the suspension. So there's not, the, the crew chief's not going, oh, yeah, you know what? I reckon we need to go a couple of clicks on that right-hand damper. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> Those days are gone. And and I, I just don't, I don't think that, we're ever going to have really good race drivers anymore. We're going to have kids that learn how to play computer games. And now they've engineered... Oh, look at Formula E. What the hell is that rubbish where they pull to the side and they get like a Super Mario bloody yeah. <laughs> extra powers? <laughs> but in real life, you don't do that. You pull to the side, you're going to get overtaken. You know you, what I mean? You get the mushroom or the banana peel to pick yeah, which one you go. Yeah. Yeah. The first time I saw it, I went, well, what's this? <laughs> What, you got to... You make the car go... Oh, he's missed it. What, what the... But, <laughs> I, I understand... And I, and I get all that. But this this is the bit... Now, I don't understand this rule either. What on... This a simple rule is you can't fuel up the car during the race and you should have enough fuel at the end of the race to be tested. That should be it. But if we get... Anyway, listen. Minimum, why can't they fill up during the race? That's That's been... That rule's been gone for a long time. A long time. Long, long time. Yeah. So that's that's the rule. You so can't what do they have really race. short races? So what do they change tyres for then? Give them one set of tyres. Get rid of the pit crew altogether. 
<laughs> well, you could do that. <laughs> but, you, that's your suggestion for the night. MotoGP. <laughs> That is the only motorsport left where the rider actually does something because he's got to, you know, ride the bike. Mm. Unlike this and V8 supercars where they've got a digital display that if they forget what they've got to do for the next corner, that'll tell them. Well, wait till we get into V8 supercars after Turn the right. break. That's that's even <laughs> more. That'll really blow your hair back, some of the changes that are going on over there. I wonder but anyway. if they've got Surrey navigating for them. Yeah. <laughs> Into the paddock. Yeah. Do you want to take a shortcut? <laughs> yes, I want a valve lift. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, I think it was ridiculous that rule. I don't. I think, I think what's ridiculous is me. the thought that Hamilton's going to go to Ferrari. That's not going to happen. Like uh, well, look, it's it's been how much? It's twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. Oh, right now. Bet here. So for twenty twenty one, you were talking yeah. sports bet. Twenty bucks. <laughs> There is a chance. There's, there's always a chance. Oh, come on, with, mate. No, I reckon he's going, so 20 bucks. It all comes hey, down to what happens. 21 in... bucks. Was it 2021? 21 bucks. All right. They're shaking. They're shaking. <laughs> We're shaking. <laughs> hey, look, bit. you know what's interesting in the, about this is the fact that if he gets his seventh championship next year, which is highly likely, yeah. in 2020, then... See the winningest? No, he equals Michael Schumacher. Will he make the change in 21 to Ferrari and put that in jeopardy? 21. I got $21 right. <laughs> you got $21 <laughs> saying he won't. And that's the only <clears throat> thing that clouds my judgment as well. Would he put his... Let's Come on, let's be honest with each other. 2020, he's going to seal up another championship, surely. Yeah. And what better way to be Lewis Hamilton than to, like... Why miss- can't they take all this crap off the cars? Like- H. Patton. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, see what the championship right in 2020, being Hamilton. Then one of your idols is Schumacher. How exciting would it be if they had a mechanical injection? I will. I think there's uh, hundreds of listeners agree with you on that. I get comments all the time, like little messages that come through on the Facebook page, going H pattern, yeah, (laughs) mechanical injection. I just chuckle. No, like Formula V, no synchro four speeds. Dang, dang, just go smash through the box. I think they're meant to be synchro. (laughs) They got no synchro first. I think the rest of them are synchro. Actually, I think it's a three speed in the V. But anyway, you see the point. Nah, it's a four speed. It's a beetle oh, box. That's right. Oh, sorry, we're getting completely... <laughs> I'm getting, yeah, this completely one, sidetracked. It's probably the one thing that's going great tonight. Anyway, he wrapped up everything, didn't he? He wrapped he, up another, a sixth championship in Abu Dhabi. Look, you've got to take your hat off to the guy. I know we don't... We're not Fast the slap, won the race, top qualified. Top qualified, the whole kick. Had an awesome head. Led, led from the lead. Never looked yeah. headed yep. whatsoever. Yep. Was out there just cruising. Now, the thing is, the thing is, though, right, this is where it gets... Interesting, because Toto Wolf is making it sound like it's the car, right? But but Lewis is a good driver, right? <laughs> How much is that going to be pissing Lewis off? That's yeah, a good point. That's a good point. I oh, I don't know. You know, if he goes to a, a really bad team, hmm. like Renault or McLaren, <laughs> no, McLaren are on the move. Or Haas. Has. <laughs> Has. Or, or, or what's the other one? What's the the, the Ferrari point? Oh no, the Alfa Alfa Romeo now. Yeah. Whoever, if he goes <laughs> no. to a really bad team and they win, then you would argue, wow, he's really good. But with all the electronic crap that's on these things now, regenerative this and that, and all this, you know, 
and and it's ironic that they've got all this crap on there uh, and all these rules governing it but then there's so much stuff that if you own the technology no one's ever going to touch you mm. you know like when all this when Kurs came in McLaren bought the company that yeah. you know basically invented Kurs. now you know I don't know I don't I don't this isn't motor racing now I don't know what it is but it's well it's we're going to see more of the same next year and it won't be till 2021 we get an extensive rule change that we will see maybe a shake up in the racing rear wings change tire profiles change a number number of Yeah but it's still but. it's going to be more rubbish and it's going to be american rubbish you know if we're lucky they'll be like LS powered <laughs> <laughs> at best we can hope for LS powered LS powered Formula 1 no, front engine no they'll be those weird you've seen those ones that bring in America now they've got the um, V12 LS's there's a bunch of guys bolting other four cylinders onto LS ones Wasn't oh that? you can there's yeah. a company that makes a block and yeah. heads yeah yeah, yeah but what would then? you use it for put it in the F1 Duesenberg cars. copy or something <laughs> yeah or well they're a big bit of kit but yeah <laughs> No, anyway, uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about driver lineup for next year in 2020. Only can you believe it? Only two driver changes in all of the Formula One paddock for next year. So twenty Nick, million dollars, Nick. Twenty million dollars. Now, right? Remember and, last year? And no, no, everyone signed in for next year. Oh, and and the ones, the ones that aren't getting paid twenty million dollars, their dad's paying twenty million dollars for them to get a drive. So yeah, for them to live in Monaco and get a drive <laughs> and get a drive. I don't want to say that that's the case, but it could be at Williams. But anyway, Renault at Renault. Nico, Only at Williams. <laughs> at Renault, Nico Hulkenberg is out, and Esteban Esteban Ocon is in, as we reported earlier in the year. And Williams, Robert Kubica is out, and Nicholas. Latifi, he is in, and I don't know if that is a dry, a paid job, but I would suggest it is, given his father is another Canadian multi-billionaire. But I don't know. He might have talent. He's been a test driver at Williams for a couple of years now, and he comes with F3 credentials, so I shouldn't talk too out of school. Yeah. Mm. Mm. So did that's, he, did he buy the F3 ride? <laughs> I, he may have. And his father also owns a large share of McLaren. Oh, only. And, and, and Formula 3. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know no, about no, Formula no, no, 3. Uh, I don't know about... He I made a joke. That was a joke. Before anyone sues me again. A large share of uh, McLaren. And a pig farm or something, you know, just in case. <laughs> anyway, so that's... related to Keating. <laughs> At least you get that joke. Thank you. <laughs> I got it as well. Thank you. Oh, no worries. <laughs> um, that's the only driver change. They're the only two. Everyone else is locked in, contracted for next year. Todd? Like the so, Spinal Tap one. Yeah. yeah. I didn't get that one. Don't bring that up here. Not appropriate. <laughs> get all that 11. <laughs> I didn't get that joke, apparently. I still don't. Hey, anyway, we'll take a short break here, and we are going to be back with all the supercar news in pit lane. There's a heap going on over in the supercar world as well. Yeah. We'll be back right after this. Okay, episode 75 of the Talking Power podcast. I am Nick DiCembro here with co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini at Tont Brinkworth, and we are bringing this season to an end. Now, supercar. This season. We're closing off the... Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Season, yeah. I don't know. Year. Yeah. Christmas season. 
season. All the seasons are finished, aren't they? Yeah, that's mm. what we're just closing off. Except we're for drag doing, racing. Yeah, we just we're the only ones started. that run through the middle of summer. That's right. Because our sports weather dictated and we run through the middle of summer. Mm. When the track turns into gelatin. <laughs> <laughs> no, I speedway run a few meets over summer as well. Yeah, but they run on dirt. The tra- track probably gets better because it's dry. <laughs> True. Anyway, speaking of speedway, we need to head over there on Boxing Day. I want to get to yeah. Speed Week. Yeah. So, anyway, supercar boss, Sean Seymour. Seymour? <laughs> Sorry, it's a typo on mine. You'll, you'll, get, on a, yeah, of course it was. you'll get a one-match match band, which, you know, before no. Christmas, oh, what are you talking about? Like, people that sail the seas. <laughs> anyway. Like, Top Gear, that new the new show that they're doing? Sean reckons. The Grand Tour. Sean oh. reckons, right, that we can't afford for another season to be dominated by highly technical storylines. This is why he's bringing out a whole raft of rules this year that are going to dominate next year's storylines, let me tell you. I can't understand, because a couple of things that are going on here. So they have basically... He's, he's agreed that there was a lot of... Um, disruption in this year's championship around the the uh, parody of the Mustang compared to the Commodore and Altima. Yeah, um, but, but um, when the Commodore came out, the ZB, mm. when it came out, it was clearly faster than everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't jump on it as hard as they did the Mustang. No, no. No, they didn't. No. No. So anyway, he's taken upon this new project called uh, VCAT, Vehicle Control Aerodynamic Testing. And that's actually happening as we speak. So they have taken a couple of cars to the Southport Flying Club, and then they'll be moving to uh, Oki on the Sunday uh, for more more testing there. And they're going to get a baseline on the aerodynamics and make the necessary changes. Now we're talking about some 12% reductions is the target. I don't know where they get that number from. Where would they get 12% from? (laughs) This guy, right? And the whole sport, the whole V8 supercar deal Mm. is just dumb, right? And I'll explain to you why, okay? The idea of motor racing, right? The the concept, uh, Bob Tasker, I believe, was the guy that came up with it. And it was, Win on Sunday, sell on Monday, mm-hmm. right? These cars are so far removed from what's available. And there's, I mean, proof is in the pudding. The ZB had a stellar opening season. Mm. Did they sell any cars? <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. Because people aren't stupid. They're going, well, hang on a minute. That one there's got a V8, right? And it's rear-wheel drive. And it's pretty fast. This one... It's got a V6, it's mounted east-west, and it's front-wheel drive, and it's slow. <laughs> it's actually worse than that. It's four-cylinder. Well, there you go. You do, you can't, the V6 one is at least all-wheel drive, but the, the, the basic model four cylinder. is four-cylinder turbo. Like it's, the Mustang. And I've driven one. I've actually test-driven one. Just like the Mustang. Anyway. No, no. no. So, so... What, the EcoBoost Mustang? EcoBoost, that's yeah. it. Or is that five-cylinder? Two, no, 2.3. There's 2.34, which hasn't sold very well. And there's a five litre V8. Who would buy one? Who anyway? In Europe, they love them. Do they? It's but they because could... they have to pay registration based yeah. on the capacity of the motor. Yeah. And fuel is five million dollars a litre. Yeah. And now that Greta 
is you know oh, flying geez. around. Fuel's going to go up to <laughs> ten billion dollars a litre. <laughs> she's out there, that one. Anyway, so the the whole thing of trying to bring in parity and all of this, where are you actually meant to be better than each other then? What is it? Is it solely based on the drivers and the pit stops? Mm. Well, why don't they get rid of the car and play computer games? <laughs> well, why don't they just have one car and supercar builds them all and they're all exactly the same and after they run the race right they can check the ride height on all of them to make sure that no one's tampered with the suspension and dyno them all to make sure they make exactly the same horsepower well that was the idea of car of the future a couple of years ago wasn't it mm. but yeah i think they had maybe a year of they could have funny car bodies with ford stickers and holden stickers just like we do at the drags where everything's powered by a hemi so like NASCAR racing when we as well. get into when we get into the engine engine the new engine rules for next year your 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 mind's going to be really blown. We'll wait till we get to that. I'm waiting. Do you want me? Oh, we'll get into it now then. <laughs> yeah, go All on. Right. So, as of next year, okay, here we go. Are you ready for it? We are going to be limited. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I read this. This okay. is the four thousand kilometer. Yeah. yeah, you have to do four thousand k's. On an engine. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I, yeah. Look, I don't. I don't understand how a sport that costs about five million dollars, roughly, to run per car, can. You know, you can start talking about. Oh, we need to make it cheaper. <laughs> For who? <laughs> this engine. If we didn't have this engine operating in the box scenario, we wouldn't be having this rule. Yeah. Yeah, but there's, I mean, once again, where's the incentive to go and do something innovative? Mm. Now you're basically, you know, and, and uh, unless they've changed the rules recently, they had a mix, maximum and minimum camber and caster setting for each track, a fixed gear ratio for each track. That's correct, yeah. So it's just, it's rubbish. Yeah. It's absolute rubbish. They need to scrap the whole supercar thing completely. Just scrap it. Get rid of it. TCR is much more exciting to watch. Bathurst 12-hour, you know, bring back the production cars, I say. I just can't believe three engines are going to be imagine, next year. Can you imagine seeing uh, the Mustang racing the Evo 10 and a Tesla around Bathurst? Pit stops would be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you. No, Tesla change the lipos over. You know, well, you could have one of those big coils in the ground. He goes, <laughs> <laughs> see the car levitate while it's charging its back. No, nah, just gonna, everyone's uh, in lead suits. <laughs> a couple of like, well, they, I think there's 7,300 uh, lipo batteries for RC cars now. Just have a guy change a couple over, done. Let's let's rock and roll. You know. I don't know. When I saw this the other day, I thought this is just crazy. It is absolute sheer lunacy. Only three engines, four thousand k's each. And but you're allowed to rotate them, so you're allowed to cycle the engines on your own. So the three engines you can cycle. Yeah, but it's very yourself. vague. The the um, broken components approval. You know, like what about checking the tap that's doing the valve springs? <laughs> or you know, you'd think valve springs four thousand k's is a lot. Of <laughs> well, I, I don't. They just that's, have some killer valve springs. <laughs> that raises a good question. I don't know if that falls under. Yeah, well, I, I mean, really look, they're, they're limited in their valve lift. We went through this mm. after lift gate, yeah, valve yeah. lift gate. <laughs> um, the, your average, you know, drag engine runs somewhere around an inch of lift. 
900,000 to an inch, and we get about 400 metres. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a kilometre out of Valsprey. <laughs> so they're limited to 0. 0.7, 0. 0.7 of an inch. So you, 4,000 Ks. That's yeah, I ridiculous. Know. I know. See, and this is the other thing too. Like we don't really, they're very secretive about like like finding out how they measure the valve lift. Mm. You know, they're very secretive about these rules and what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. And you probably find that they deal directly with the engine suppliers and, and they talk amongst themselves about you know how what we're going to allow because i mean i would imagine you'd have to do the tappets so that you would you would expect that the valve covers wouldn't be um sealed you know but the the rocker ratio is an interesting one that they're going to have fixed rocker ratios you're just taking all the innovation out Mm. you're really gonna you should just make it a one engine one chassis you know and then yeah basically one body and then sticker it up so it's a ford or a holden because it, they're right now, as far as I'm concerned, there is nothing that I see at, at a supercar race that makes me want to go and buy, a, you know, a Ford or a Nissan or a... Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. You know what I mean? They're, they're so far removed. They're basically uh, sports sedans that that have been forced into being built a particular way. Mm. I have, I have um, more respect for the guys that go out... Like uh, uh, Denver and Co. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's still some freedom in there. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter now that um, TCR is on Channel Seven. The yeah, supercars days are numbered. Hey, we also got some rec and team changes. Now, you asked the question last week, and I've got an answer here for you, Simon. So, anyway, there's a new team based out of Western Sydney. Uh, they are they have acquired one rec. When I say rec, it's a racing entitlement contract. Uh, they got theirs it's a from franchise. Te- yeah, they got theirs from uh, Techno like Auto Muzz Sports. Buzz. Yeah, Subway, <laughs> Subway, Eat Fresh. And the other one they also got from <laughs> Supercars Management. Brad Jones are expanding to a three-car team next year. They acquired another wreck from Jason Bright, and that had been leased to Matt Stone Racing. Brad Jones will continue to operate a fourth car on behalf of Tim Blanchard Racing. Kelly guys have scaled down to from four cars to two. Uh, they're going to be Mustangs, as we know. The Nissan Altimas, uh, they will find their way into the Super 2 Series under the Kelly Racing name. Two of the um, team's wrecks were purchased. Now, this is where the two wrecks went from Kelly Racing. They went to Charlie Schwartzkolt Racing and Matt Stone Racing. And, um, and we knew Gary Rogers. Um, Matt Stone got his second wreck from Gary Rogers Motorsport. Yep. So... Gary had two wrecks. One has gone to Matt Stone, and I believe the other one has gone back to Supercars Management. So, so getting back on that VCAT, they've got it. they've got a, a Holden and a Ford. Yeah, yeah. and I, I don't know if they drive them or they tow them down an airstrip, and they they take all these measurements. <laughs> I was going to crack a joke about them just chucking it down an airstrip, or a guy standing there with a cigarette blowing on the wing and seeing how it got. Hey, hey, hey! <laughs> don't. That, that works. Oh, sorry. No, hang on. Today's modern world, they vape across the wings to see how good, good it goes. But I wasn't far from the truth. So there. Continue but they're on. talking about a 12% reduction. That doesn't seem... Easy in aero. Pop, Twelve, But that's not going to make for a nice car, Todd. No, you pick. But hey. no, no, it's because when they're tailgating, mm. right, they rely so much on front grip 
that's being generated by the, the uh, splitter, that when they're tailgating, they lose that grip. So they've got to back off a little bit. And that's what they're trying to... They want them to go bumper to bumper. They, they're trying to... Make uh, them draft. Yeah. yeah. They're, ma- they're trying to make them draft and they're trying to give them more overtaking opportunities. But the problem is that the track's not wide enough. Yeah. You know, and when they set up these stupid street circuits, you know, it's just a joke. Like, it's all good and well for them to do this, but if they want to do this on their current tracks and their current street circuits, the only way they're going to do it is if they, they race those... Aussie cars. <laughs> oh, I was just about to say, bring back Aussie car racing. Yeah. What do they call them? No, they're yeah. Aussie cars. Aussie cars. Aussie I thought cars. they had another name like... No, um, they were all the go for a while. They were mint. They were never the go. They were for a while. I mean, they just drivers jump. They were mint to watch. They were just like 10 deep in a corner. You know what I mean? Like, TCR. Yeah. <laughs> but we're, getting back to the 12%, we're talking about a 12% reduction across the whole car. Mm. I, I just don't see how that's... The, the, the front is the important part. Yeah. The front is... And the reason they're taking it off the back is because if you took that much off the front and then you didn't take it off the back, you'd ruin the balance of the car. It seems like an awful lot. And if you take... I don't see how that's to the... Like... To the... I don't see how... I was going to say that's to the detriment of the sport. Well, no. His, his idea is to make the racing better. Um... But he doesn't understand. He's created these set of rules where if all the cars are the same, yeah. you know, you really need someone to make... And if the drivers are all that good where they're, they're these superhumans they get this constant training, you know, like they're, they're, they're doing these reaction time exercises before their qualifying lap and they've got personal trainers and they've got masseuses and all this crap. The only way you're going to overtake is if the guy in front makes a mistake. Well, that's, that's, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I don't... Like you think back to the history of the sport, right? And this is this is what frustrates me about all motorsports. Doesn't matter if it's Formula One, V eight supercars, drag racing, doesn't matter. Think about the history of the sport. Think about what made it great. So for me, the the touring cars, forgetting supercars, V eight supercars, because I, I I'll be honest with you, I never really thought that there was any great racing since it started from the old Big Banger days. The Big Bangers was great racing in those days because you had Peter Brock, who was so ridiculously funded. He was an awesome driver, but he had so much money behind him and so much like access with General Motors and so on, where these cars were just you know, immaculately put together and had the best people, the best co-drivers, a whole lot. And then you had this battler, Dick Johnson, that had nothing. You know, that worked from a garage and cobbled together a, a car from the old Bryant Ford stuff that was, you know, sort of inherited and bought and done dodgy deals. And, you know, that, that, that uh, XC coupe got sold as a six-cylinder in the car yard at the Bryant Ford. You know, like someone got a genuine, uh, like, Australian icon that, that was originally an XA and then had a, a, a nose job done on it to make it an XB and then ultimately an XC. So someone bought that from the car yard with a six-cylinder in it. This mm. is the sort of dodgy stuff that they used to do back then. So you had all the, the Holden guys that were like snubbing their nose at, at Ford because they saw Ford as being an American uh, brand. You know, not that General Motors is American, but anyway. 
<laughs> and and you had the Aussie battler. You had you know the the Ford guy who was trying to and he gave it. Admittedly, when you look at the history and some of the dodgy stuff like the weight of the XEs and stuff like that, you know <laughs> he he did he didn't cheat, right? But he, he didn't sort inten- of <laughs> he didn't intentionally cheat. No, he just Murray took Carter advantage took advantage of the rules that were there. Yeah, um, but it was a good battle, you know. And then in amongst that, you had a lot of other rivalry. You know, like the Alan Moffat because of all the bad blood with Ford and moving over to Mazda and, you know, everyone whinging to try and get their, you know, bridge port, the peripheral port, a little bit lighter weight, wider tyres, whatever it was that was going on. It was a great era. We've lost all of that. Mm. You know, what are they, you've got a bunch of uh, millionaires, right, all, all trying to convince supercars that, you know, that, that it's not fair their car's too well prepared and their team has too much money. We, we need... You know, you, you guys used to have that. Yeah. It's just that there's a richer guy playing now, you know? It's not. It's just not the same. You no, don't have that. You know, right. for me, Bathurst every year was like uh, religious to, to sit there and watch the whole Hardy's Heroes, the whole thing leading up to it. Um, and I used to sit and watch teams like the Lusty Brothers. Yeah. You know, and th- these were a-, a pair of guys that had regular jobs. They owned a- an engineering company, L- Lusty Allison Engineering, it became later on. And so they would go to work during the week. And then, you know, th- as they got close to Bathurst, you might see them bring the car out, do a couple of laps, and they'd have a crack. You can't do that now. No. There is no Cinderella story available to anyone now. No. Right? So why would kids want to follow this except for the fact that their dad is into it? or their mums into it, right? It's not like you can go, wow, what Dick, Ch- Dick Johnson did was amazing. You couldn't say that now. What Scotty McLaughlin did was awesome. Mm. The, you know, the guy is definitely, regardless of what any of the other drivers have to say, you'd have to argue that he's the best driver in the paddock at the moment. Yeah. But the reality is that he's driving for Penske. He should have won. Mm. You know, even a, a, a mediocre driver should have won. A, he wouldn't have a job if, if he wasn't, you know, if he didn't have the, the suds to be able to do it. And B, he's in the best team. Yeah. You know, the rules are that tight. It's just, nah, it's not, it's no good. It's no good. Hearing you loud and clear, we're going to wrap this section up because we've gone over time on that one. But I'll just quickly touch on driver changes for next year as well. So as we said, James Courtney and Scott Pye have left Walkershaw and Dreddy Racing. Uh... And as Scotty Pye has gone, he will be partnering up with Mark Winterbottom over there at Irwin Racing. Um, Chaz Mostert will, has left Tickford Racing to join Walkinshaw Andretti. Uh, Jack LeBrock will be replacing him, who left Techno Autosports. Todd Hazelwood has left Matt Stone Racing to join Brad Jones Racing. He's going to be replacing Tim Slade, who will be replacing Alex Prema, which that one, anyway, <laughs> that one's out there for me, but... Anyway, and Jack Smith, as we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, will be racing full-time for Brad Jones Racing as well. Richie Stanaway, James Golden have left Gary Rogers Motorsport after he has withdrawn from the championship. Simona Di Silvestro and Gary Jacobson have left Kelly Racing. Uh, Simona will be in the Formula E Championship driving for Porsche, while Jacobson has joined Matt Stone Racing. So we'll just wrap that one up there. We'll be back right after this closing of this show. Episode.
episode 75 of the Talking Power podcast. I'm here with Simon Gonzo, Travellini, and Todd Brinkworth, and I'm Nick DeChimbury on 88.5 FM, where the valley comes alive. Hey, look, this is going to be our last... No, it's not our last podcast of the year. we still got a Christmas special to do, so we're going to get together. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Carols and Belcatta, well, the sounds of it, but hey, whatever. Belcatta, the carol capital of the world. Yeah. But uh, look, while we're here, look, there's a lot of people we need to thank for this year. So look, thanks to everyone that has helped us through 2019. They include Stu Bonnet, WA Suspensions, Jamie Stoltari at Shift Kits Australia, Rob Harvey at Monster Talk uh, in Malaga. And of course, the BA crew, and they are Brenton Baxter, Scott Bryson, Asher, George, um, Damo, Travis, David, Gavin, Matt, and the entire All Fast crew. Also, like to thank the team at 88.5 FM, in particular Jimmy, Peter, and John as well for all their help this year. Sounds and like a band. <laughs> Jimmy, Peter, and John. I'm sure they'd love to be in a band, those yeah. three. <laughs> they can be in the Brooks. <laughs> the Brooks. The Brooks. The Brooks. There you go. We also want to thank the team at Podfilter as well for having us on this year, Adam and Simon, and, and for all their cross-promotion work that they do. They actually spoke about us on the Kibbe and Finnegan show as well, so we really appreciate their efforts over there. Uh, David Turk for his camera work, and of course you two guys for all your hard work and all your efforts this year. It's, I know you guys have put your own, you know, your money where your mouth is, so to speak. You've got the BA fastest radial car in Western Australia. And Todd with the Evo as well, doing lots of work with that. So we really appreciate all the time you guys put into this this podcast. Let's not forget the Camry. And the Camry as well. The Camry too. <laughs> That's sitting there. And, and then the Scudmobile's coming out soon. To, to knock it off. We're here. We have that on good authority. We'd also like to thank our guests this year on this podcast. We had Jason Hedges and Danny Silver. Uh, we have Harry Haig, winner of Drag Challenge. Denver Parker, winner of the Street Car Championship at WA. Mark Greenham, winner of Targa Southwest and Targa Bunbury. David Smith of Targa West. Brad Jones, Aldo Di Paoli. And Dick Johnson from Dick Johnson Racing. We've had Mitch Lana on. Carl Putlin on this year, winner in comp in, at the Andrew Grand Final. Andrew, managing director, Brett Stevens. Craig Moore, who's a radio racer. And Anthony Begley of Nitro Funny Car fame and just about everything in drag racing, Anthony. So he's, he's come a lot. And how can we forget Roscoe McGlashan as well? So we really appreciate all of our guests for helping us out this year. But most importantly, we appreciate our listeners. We can't, we wouldn't do it without you guys. There's no point doing it without you guys. Thanks for all your feedback, all your listeners. We really appreciate everything you do. Plans for next year, Nick? We have some plans for next year i won't elaborate too further on them but needless to say we want to do more workshop type interviews like we did with roscoe mcglashan yep that'll become we want to try and knock out at least four next year i'm working on maybe two so i'm working on two as well i think there's, there's our four no we... <laughs> I, I know i know two guys that i've spoken i'm not going to say their names here but they will be very keen in doing it they are local west australians that would be clearly put their hand up and welcome us in to their workshops. I don't know the two you're talking about, but we'll talk about that off air. Yeah. Um, and look, I mean, yeah, we, we also, we hope to have, the website was redone this year, but on the back of that, we hope to have an app next year as well where you can get our podcast. I'm just trying to make our podcast easier for people to get as well. So that'll be something else we're working on too. What about uh, racing classes, Nick? 
pro front wheel drive or oh, I, I, <laughs> gonna get you gonna put something <laughs> together for the track you know make your proposal <laughs> no, I, I haven't thought that far ahead. I do think, far, you know what? I do think about that stuff uh, uh, on a regular I think, basis. I think we need a class where you, you've limited to a thousand dollar build, and Jeez. and in case anyone suspects you're cheating, they can just come over with a thousand dollars and say, "I'm buying your car," and you have to hand over the keys. Hasn't that been done? Has it? Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know What's it called? That. I like that rule. Twenty-four hours of lemons. That's the original concept. Twenty. Oh, there you go. Is for the, the actual, drag racing version. In the actual paperwork or the fine print, the idea is that anyone can offer to buy your car at an event. So if you I've want seen to, some of those cars, so if, but in the flip side, if you're prepared to cheat like a yeah a free cheating, we're going to build a car for twenty-four hours of lemons. I'd really love to, to be honest. It's it's this year is an actual twenty-four hour event in Collie. What's a build? It's a, a legitimate twenty-four hour. How long do we have to build? And what's a build cost? Uh yet to be determined. I don't know. Don't oh, know, you don't know Sonata for sure. You know, I've got probably got something we can we can fire out. I had this vision of an EB Falcon, but I. No, no. no you're living in. You're living in. Like in the age of decadence, the <laughs> tribute to Glenn Seaton is what I. Oh, oh, oh no! Hang on, no, no, you can't have cigarette advertising, mate. But you can but paint it be the a, same colours. Yeah, but it can be a, a play on words. On it won't be Peter Jackson; it'll be Peter Max Seaton. <laughs> Peter Ware. <laughs> <laughs> Peter Seaton. You know what I mean? But anyway, now don't worry about it. But yeah, I'd, I'd really, I really, I think that Seaton, would be quite exciting. Really stays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've got a funny story about Glenn Seaton. I'll tell you guys off air. Anyway, and I'm a fan of his, so I'm not going to bag the guy. But I've got a great no, no, story. he's a, he's a uh, top I think bloke. He's a top I've met him actually, yeah. and his dad, his dad as yeah. well. Bo, yep, yeah. That that guy's incredible engineer. So like some of the stuff that he did in the early days, V6 Capris and that, and those mm. motors were junk, and he managed to get him to go. Mm. And for Seaton to actually never, I'll bring it up now. We're going to be doing the wrap up for Seaton never to win Bathurst. Unluckiest guy. Yeah. Yeah, especially so close. 95 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was going to do it anyway. Anyway, so yeah, no. sorry, we're killing your record. All right. <laughs> All right, on that note, we'll, we'll finish up here. Uh, th- thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. We will still be around. We'll, we all hope you have a great Christmas. We've got a Christmas podcast coming up your way shortly. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming in. Thanks, Nick. <laughs> See you, Nick. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Nick. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.